He's Ricky Bobby. I'm Cal. She's Carly. No, wait, that ain't it. He's Sean Gerard. She's Susan. I'm Lucius. That ain't it either. This ain't Talladega Nights. This is Vikings Report. Drew and Ted. Drewster, dear sweet baby Jesus, how are you? Dear Lord, baby Jesus, or as our brothers to the south call you, Jesus. You don't drive with your eyes. You've got to feel the road. The Ballad of Ricky Bobby. You mischievous badger! Oh. <laughs> We're on the dinner scene when the kid goes, I'm gonna beat your ass! <laughs> I'm 10 years old, but I'll beat your ass. Chip, I'm gonna come at you like a spider monkey. What a movie, man. That was a pretty good movie. I'm hopped up on Mountain Dew, Chip. <laughs> <laughs> I got a kilo of Colombian Bam Bam under the car. <laughs> Classic. How are you, Chad? I'm doing good. That game still. One, we tried hard, and two, we're still dear friends. Lance, shut up. Yeah, I'm still kind of. I should be happy about the season, all those wins, 13 wins, some of them magical and more than others, but I'd like to play the Giants again. Yeah, I would too, and I wish they were still playing this week. I don't know that they'd beat San Francisco, but be sure nice to try and find out, you know. You gotta win to get love. Everyone knows that. I mean, that's just life. Yeah, we probably would have got our ass beat, but at least we got a chance to play. Yeah. So, how you doing tonight, Ruby? Blah. I don't say blah, blah, blah. Blah. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, folks, welcome to show number 88. We're going to overcome our emotional damage. Fourth and eight. Game on the line. Cousins. Hawkinson. He is not going to get there. Emotional damage. And we are going to give you one hell of a show tonight. So before we do that, Ruby, she's going to run this quick promo about our affiliate Purple Pain forums. We're also going to mention our website, VikingsReport.com. Ruby, go ahead and cue that up for the fine people, if you would, please, you mischievous badger. So, look, we got a big show tonight. We got Vikings NFL news. But before we get going, PurplePainForums.com, PurplePainForums, that is the, like, the best Minnesota Vikings chat room around. It's better than social media. Like, you just get so much crap on social media. Just these negative, trollish comments. You don't find any of that over on Purple Pain Forums. Funky Town and Dan Chat do a great job of moderating that board. And it's not just Vikings talk. It's college football talk. It's stuff that's not even really the sports. You can talk you can talk politics there if that's your thing. But it's well-moderated. It's very respectful debate. A lot of great folks there. Great original content. Great contests. PurplePainForums.com. Go check it out. The other site we'd like you to check out is VikingsReport.com. Our website has links to all of our social media accounts, links to Purple Pain Forums, sections in the webpage for all of our contests. Ruby's done a hell of a job getting that all set up. If you want to see the Vikings Report Vault, go check that out, and you can see what prizes are available. We give away prizes at the end of each live show we do. We got a link to our Zazzle page, where if you, you want to buy a coffee mug or a travel mug, you can do that as well. So, VikingsReport.com, go check that website out. <laughs> now that we are in our off-season mode, sadly, we didn't want the season to end, but it has. We're kind of entering our off-season mode. We're going to go Saturday mornings. What is our show's going to air full-time now for the off-season? We got some good stuff coming up. We're going to have a, our third annual live draft party with our good friend Christopher Gates. We might bring on a couple guests like we have the last couple years. We've got our annual position review. Drew and I are going to go through every position group on the team. We're going to talk about potential free agents, 
guys currently on the roster and guys that we could look for in the draft. Drew does his big board every year with draft prospects. It's just a great segment. I really enjoy doing it. It's kind of our big segment for the offseason. Going to do a couple contests too, aren't we, Drew? Yeah, we got contests lined up. The summertime, we always come up with a contest that goes out throughout the season. We got a lot of stuff going on planned for this year, some new segments. We're just going to rock and roll and we'll be into it before you know it. Once training camp hits, if you remember last year, we hit all the camp news. We did a, like a month of live segments. We're looking to do something like that again. So we just got a whole bunch going on. The Viking season may be over, but Vikings report season never ends. I honestly did not know that. You got that right, Ted. And again, we're not going to have a lot of charts this year. Son of a bitch! Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby! Did I... Stutter? Hope that doesn't break anybody's heart. (laughs) uh... Man, we made it three years on this thing. Shake and bake. What does that do? Did that blow your mind? That just (laughs) happened. Can you believe that? Can you believe that, man? I know I'm just Michael Anthony. You're really Eddie Van Halen. No. And Ruby is the manager of it all. Oh, yeah, you are. You do a great job on this show, Ted. I appreciate it. All right. Well, look, we got a really big show coming up. We're going to talk a little bit of Vikings news. We're going to review our playoff predictions. Somebody did very well this past Mm -hmm. weekend. Ted Glover. And then we're going to pull out our big board for one last time. We've already been talking about making some changes to the big board. So this is the last time you'll see the big board in the current format. We're just going to kind of give a season review, kind of a letter grade for all the different position groups. But, Drewster, before we do that, what time is it? Ted, I'm cooler than you are. So why don't you fix your little Talladega problem and light this candle? (laughs) He's right. We piss excellent. So light this candle. (laughs) Dear baby Jesus. (laughs) Resume the countdown. All right, I'm cooler than you are. Why don't you fix your little problems and light this candle? He's right. Let's light this candle. He surely is. Light the candle. Yes. Resume the countdown. (laughs) I love it. We're off and running. Episode 88. Who you got? There's only 188. Oh, there's only 188. It's Alan Page. You got the jersey hanging up behind your left shoulder there. That's right. That's right. He's, He's my favorite defensive player of all time, NFL or Viking. Yeah. One of two... Defensive players to ever win the NFL MVP award. You know who the second guy was? Uh, Lawrence Taylor. Very good. Well done, Drewster. Yeah, LT. Well LT was a damn good player until he, he was. Groped that pizza girl in the <laughs> hotel when he ordered a pizza. Come on, man. Episode 88 is all about yeah. Alan Page. Not only like the best, the greatest Minnesota Viking of all time, but just a restaurant quality human being. I mean, like. Oh. During the offseason, like, could you imagine a guy saying, hey, I'm going to go to law school in the offseason now? You think that could happen? No, it couldn't. Rhetorical question. It could not happen. I got a quick Alan Page story. What's that? They're playing the Lions in Minnesota. 72 or something. 74, maybe. Alan Page is being held by the offensive lineman, play after play after play, and he got so irate. He threw his helmet off. You never seen Page do that either. And he got so pissed off, he told the official, guys told me every play. The next series they came out, the Lions guy held him on the first play. Page tore his jersey off him, threw it on the ground. On second down, he sacked the quarterback. On third down, he sacked the quarterback. And on fourth down, he blocked the punt. (laughs) All in one sequence. Later on, I heard an interview with the Lions coach. I think it was Schmidt or somebody back then. He said, 
don't hold them anymore. <laughs> greatest Viking of them all. When I was right for Daily Norse and we did a greatest Minnesota Viking of all time tournament, Alan Page won. Just so good. You can't even put into words how quick and how fast off the snap of the ball he was. He was just amazing how good of a football player he really was. I think he was the first guy that brought the quickness to the defensive tackle position. Yeah, I think so too. All right, jumping to modern day. Speaking of Minnesota Vikings defense, Drew. Shake and bake. Shake and bake, man. They got shook and booked. They got shook and booked and cornholed. They got shucked. They got jived. They got beehived. It ain't nothing to me, man. I keep it for real. Look at this dental, man, with dental look real. See, I'm the best. I told you that. <laughs> Vikings defense was terrible this year. And all the talk right now in the aftermath of that just bitter, disappointing loss to the Giants in the wild card round after another dismal defensive performance where Daniel Jones threw for 300 yards again. Daniel Jones only threw for 300 yards three times this year. Two of them were against the Vikings. Once in the regular season and then once in the playoffs. Everybody wants Ed Donatel, the defensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings, fired. That's the big talk going on right now, isn't it? Yeah. So you said this on our live post-game show, but why don't you just go ahead and reiterate, rephrase what you said. If you ain't first, you're last. You know what I'm talking about? I'm surprised he's still here. You have to fire that guy and move on to something else. There's a lot that went on with the Vikings this year, and you don't want to point the fingers at one person solely, but I'll point the finger at one person solely. If you know so much about 3-4 defense or defense or the defensive guru, maybe he should have told KOC, we don't have the personnel to run a 3-4, which we don't. We kept saying week after week, they're going to get better. They're going to get it this week. I think we had a lot of good players on defense, and I think it points to the fact that the scheme wasn't right, and his coaching is too conservative. I don't think he did enough to try to disguise anything or mix anything up. To me, it didn't look like it. It just looked like base defense all the way down the field, and then we'll try to clamp up in the red zone and hold him to a field goal. Yeah, that's not the kind of defense you want to take to a champ. You want you want a team that's going to attack on defense like the Niners do. Yeah, I just feel it's time to go a different direction. And if they keep Donatel, dude, I don't know what KOC is going to do about the fan base. The glimmer is going to be off because people are saying, dude, you can't keep that guy. That's the first order of business as far as I'm concerned, even before you look at free agency and personnel and roster. You sell me on Donatel. On keeping him? Yeah, I'm Ziggy Wilf. Okay. Let me. Do about 10 shots of vodka. Dead. I'm jiggy with I can't understand a word you said the whole time. Do you eat some peanut butter or something? Yeah, you sound like a dog with peanut butter on the roof of your mouth. I think what you are hearing is my exit. <laughs> I call you right now to sell me on click. Sell me on it, don't it tell. Mr. Wolf, first of all, thanks for inviting me to your office. It's very nice to be here. You're very welcome, Tom. Very plush surroundings you have here. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> Thank you, Ted. I think Ed Donatel should stay for the following reasons. When a team is good, they lose the offensive coordinator, bring in a whole new system, whole new offense, quarterback, the whole offense has to learn the whole new system, and it, and it puts them behind the power curve. You can argue the same thing for the defense. You, you fire defensive coordinators year after year after year, you're not going to get any continuity. When you hired me and you told me to implement a 3-4, I said, look, there are some personnel shortcomings with this roster in doing it. I'll do the best I can, but I don't have the people I need to effectively run a 3-4. You said yourself, players are playing out of position, and I, I agree, but I have to play the cards that are dealt me. 
I, I tried to the best of my ability to play guys in situations that would give them the best chance of success. And the reason I played the soft shell cover defense so often is because I don't have cornerbacks that can go man to man. When I blitz, I'm, I'm putting guys out on an island and that island is going to be submerged underwater because these guys can't cover one-on-one. The guys I do have that are fairly good are old and they're probably not going to be back next year because they're expensive. So now I'm going to have to start over with newer, younger guys, two of which were hurt most of the season who I was really counting on to be big contributors in 2022 in Lewis Seen and in uh, Andrew Booth Jr. So if you want to fire me, you're the owner and that is absolutely your right. But understand that by firing me and bringing in another coordinator, he may want to do a completely different scheme and look at a completely different type of player that we talked about and decided we were going to bring in. And so you're going to have to be starting from scratch again on the defensive side of the ball. We not send you to the gulag yet. <laughs> <laughs> I done talking to you. All that said, I think you can bring in another guy that runs the same scheme and that could be more aggressive like a Vic Fangio or whatever. Two things. Do you want Ed Donatel back as defensive coordinator of this team? Do I want him back? No. Do I think he will be back? Yes. If he's going to come back, Ted, how do the Vikings control the fan outrage? They're going to ignore it because the fans are going to come back. You could say, well, we're going to go to Egan with, with pitchforks and, and torches and blood. No, you're not. Shut up. You're not. So it's like what Marv Levy used to say. If you listen to the crowd, pretty much you're sitting with them in the end. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the worst thing an owner or a general manager can do is listen to the fans. I mean, because Jimmy Haslam... Good God, he listened to a homeless guy in 2014 and drafted Johnny Manziel. The Cleveland Browns select Johnny Manziel. Quarterback, Texas A&M. Cash in the bag, stadium pad. Baby, I'm bad. Yeah. Baby, I'm bad. I just want to stay. Chris brought up a great point yesterday on our live postgame show. He said he thinks that one of the reasons they hired Donatello is because it was way after the Super Bowl. They couldn't hire O'Connell to after the Super Bowl, and so they were just sort of stuck with the leftovers, if you will. I wouldn't mind a guy like Brandon Staley becoming the de defensive coordinator if the Chargers let him go after that tremendous choke job the Chargers had in Jacksonville. I'd like to see him make a change, maybe not in scheme, but in coach and, you know, focus on what we could do differently because, they, you know, look at the Zadarius Smith, Hunter, Kendricks, Harrison Smith, Patrick Peterson. Those guys aren't hackers, dude. They're not. No. And those are five guys you just named that I don't know if any of them will be back. So will it be a down year next year? It's a good question. There are a lot of old guys on expensive contracts that, that is just not tenable. Right now, I think per over the cap, the Vikings are something like 25 or $30 million currently over the cap projected to be. They got to cut a bunch of salary when the new league year starts in the middle of March. And they've got a whole bunch of unrestricted free agents like Dalvin Tomlinson. Um, I think Darius Smith is an unrestricted guy. Nick Mullins, the backup quarterback, who was finally, I think, solidified the backup spot. How Quasio Dolfo Mensa manages this is going to be pretty interesting to watch. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not against a new coordinator and losing all those guys you just mentioned. We're 32nd. Yeah. Does it get any worse than that? I mean, no, why not? Why? 450 yards every week. It's 420, 450. Quarterback looks like Joe Montana we're playing. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, last year I said at the beginning of the year, I thought Vikings defense was going to be better simply for the fact it couldn't be any worse than it had been in 2021. Right. 
Look at me, I'm in the dope. Ted, Ted, Ted. You're slouching again, Ted. It was worse. I guess it could get worse next year, too, but I'm looking forward to a fresh start. Okay, so we both want Donatel gone. I have said I think he will be back. Do you think he will be back? No, I think he's going to be gone. You think he'll be gone. Okay. So one vote. Ruby, you want to do the tiebreaker? Do you think Ed Donatel will stay, or do you think Ed Donatel will hit the bricks? I think he's gone. You think he's gone. So yep. two to one. Say this gone. rarely wrong. She rarely is. You know what? I'm bummed they lost that game against the Giants, but I am fired up for the offseason. I am too. Everybody looks at the offseason as, all oh, you know, Vikings got a lot of bad contracts. They're over the cap. They only got, like, four draft picks, which is why I'm looking forward to this because if it was Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer, I know oh. exactly what they do. They would keep extending these guys and extending these guys. I think Adolfo Mesa is going to rip the Band-Aid off some of these veterans. I think he's going to look to trade some guys to get some draft picks back. Come the time free agency starts, the Vikings will, will probably be around $35 or $40 million with cap space. Uh, come draft weekend, they're going to have like good six or seven picks when it's all said. Get rid of Donatel. Just don't hire a guy with two first names. You know how I feel about that, Ted. Ricky Bobby? You don't like Ricky Bobby? That's the exception. Ricky Bobby <laughs> is the exception. We are looking forward to a big offseason, Ted. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. So Maybe Jesus. We had a lot of other playoff games this weekend, this Super Wild Card weekend, and one of us did pretty well. Just say it. Don't, why do you have to say one of us when you know it's you? I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence, and nobody can hang with my stuff. I called the Jaguars game, called Dallas. A lot of people thought Tampa Bay was going to win that game. I kind of saw that blowout coming because just Tampa Bay wasn't very good. So I won last week. So this week we've got four divisional round games. We've got two on Saturday and two on Sunday. What are the point values for the games this week, Drew? The Saturday games, you get five points if you pick the right team. Ooh. The Sunday games, you get eight points. Ooh. And that'll round up the two first rounds of the playoff. The next week, we're going with wagering our points, like Jeopardy. All right. So, Ruby, you want to put up the graphic for this weekend's games? Uh, Saturday, the first game at 3.30 is the Jags at the Kansas City Chiefs. The top seed Chiefs finally get into some playoff action. I'm going to pick the Chiefs here. Shocked. <laughs> I am going to take the Chiefs. Ruby, who you got? Just to be different, I'll take the Jags. Ooh. Tunces. That's, that's some catnip right there, Ted. Saucer milk, table two. <laughs> <laughs> Put it on the board. Championship. <laughs> there you are. Do I know you? No, but that's where you are. You're there. All right, our 7-15 game, the Giants at the Eagles. Drew, who are you picking in that game? Giants have no shot. Eagles. And I hate the Giants. Ruby, who are you picking? Giants or Eagles? Is neither an option? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I hate both of them, but Philly. Yeah, I'm going to pick Philly as well. All right, our two Sunday games, Cincinnati Bengals at the Buffalo Bills. Ruby, who are you picking in that game? I'm going to take the Bills. The Bills? Drew, who you got? Buffalo schmuffalo, Ted. I'm going to pick the Cincinnati Bengals. You know why? Because they're pissed off that they got screwed out of possible home field advantage in the playoffs because of the game. I mean, look, I, I get why the game was canceled, with the, that Monday night game, DeMar Hamlin, collapse on the field, all that. But that game was not rescheduled, wasn't played. If the Bengals had won that game, this game would be in, I think, Cincinnati oh. this weekend. This is the Hamlin game. Yeah. I'm picking Joey Swagger. This is good for the game because that gives me and Ruby a, a shot to get a little bit of points back. Yeah. And then the other Sunday game, the Dallas Cowboys at the San Francisco 49ers. And I think that is going to be a whale of a ball game. 
do Farnsworth. What kind of game is that going to be? Hello again, everybody. Robert W. Farnsworth here. This week in the NFC Division Around Playoff on Sunday, America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, led by the dastardly Dak Prescott, go to the Bay Area. Well, 50 miles from the Bay Area to Santa Clara to take on the dastardly San Francisco 49ers. Who will win? The fighting Brock Purdy's. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to be a good game, too. I think the Niners are a little bit better, but I think it, man, this is going to be a tough game. It's going to be the best game of the weekend, I think. I am taking San Francisco. I'm picking the 49ers as well. I refuse to pick Dallas for anything, so 49ers. <laughs> I think the 49ers are going to win the Super Bowl, to be honest with you. They look tough to beat. Ruby hates the Cowboys and hates the Eagles. Man, I'm falling in love with you all over again. All right, so those are our playoff picks for this week. We'll be back to give you our conference championship preview picks next week. Right now, we're going to take a little break. We'll come back. We'll do our season review using our big board. Big board. The big board. I'm Ricky Bobby. And if you like hunting knives as much as I do, you got to have yourselves the eviscerator. Hey, whenever I'm spending time in Shanghai, Beijing, or Taipei, I like to put my feet up, get a cool glass of iced tea, and enjoy a bag of prune candy. Bob Dawson's Diet Pork Rinds. Healthy and delicious, like a pork rind should be. Chew Big Red get out of my face. People used to call me Big Red, but I told him, stop it. What? What'd you say? That's what I thought. So we are back. We're going to change this up for next year. We've kind of been talking about how we're going to adjust it. So this is the last time you'll see the big board in our current format. We're going to slide out to the side here. Ruby's going to put up the big board for one last time. We're just going to do a quick position by position analysis and kind of give these position groups a full letter grade. As always, we start off with quarterback. And we end with my favorite topic of all, intangibles. Because intangibles are things you can't see, son. Is that what they are? (laughs) All right. Quarterback, Kirk Cousins. I give him a a solid B-plus on here. You want to throw in anything extra on that? (laughs) His numbers weren't as good this year as they were in years past. But we got the trade-off in him being more aggressive, throwing the ball downfield more, and taking the riskier throw at times. We didn't see that the last play of the game against the Giants, and that's all anybody's harping on. Overall, he had more interceptions, which, okay, whatever. But I thought he did a very good job running this new offense, which is why I gave him a B plus. I gave him a B also, not the plus, but just a solid B. We got a plenty of shows ahead before we get to the draft and then training camp and everything to talk about Kirk Cousins. But, man, it's really hard to make a decision on what to do with that guy in the future, huh? Because yeah. he had, didn't have a terrible year, but I'm dying for our own, like, Josh Allen. I mean, I am. I'm dying yeah. for a, a really playmaking quarterback. But for this season, I'm giving Cousins a B. I thought he had a good season. Yeah. What about the running game overall? I'm sorry, Ted. I got that going as a C-. minus. Okay. And Vikings are usually A minus with the run game, but, mm-hmm. you know, C minus, I think, is being nice about it. <laughs> it I could have graded it easily a D, but I'm going to go with a C minus because it just wasn't Viking run game football. I don't know what we're going to do with the running backs. So again, that's another thing to talk about in the future shows, but below average. Yeah, I gave him a D. Okay. Yeah, Dalvin Cook had a thousand yards, but the Vikings, I think, were close to the top of the NFL in negative yards. In running plays, like I, how many times did you see Dalvin Cook get the ball and he'd lose one yard, two yards, three yards, whatever. The Vikings situational running was not good at all. The running game consistently put the offense behind the power curve, I thought. When you run the ball on the first 
and 10. The goal is to get at least four yards. And, right. and the Vikings did not do a very good job of that for most of the season. Alexander Madison wasn't used nearly as much as I thought he might be. And then, you know, you talked about the, the future of the position. Guys like Ty Chandler, Kanae Wang, they got some action. That last regular season game in Chicago, and I think we may have seen the future in those guys. Well, Madison's going to be an unrestricted free agent, and, and Cook's got a tricky contract that can be solved pretty easily in terms of just cutting and not having a whole lot of dead money. So we'll see how that goes. And conversely, running on first down, getting four or five yards, ironically, that's how other teams were beating us. Yeah. Yep. It was really putting the defense in a bad spot. That was my opinion. You're absolutely right. Sure was. The receiving game. So I kind of broke this down into two two or three different chunks. Justin Jefferson, I give an A+. TJ Hawkinson, I give an A. The rest of the receivers, a C. They're just average. Yes, you, you run that overall, probably a B plus, maybe an A minus. I, I don't think I can give him an A because KJ Osborne was not the difference maker I thought he was going to be heading into the season. Adam Thielen, I think, is just done. I mean, right. he's slow. He doesn't get separation. He's not the guy he was two and three years ago. You add all those guys together, and I think you get a solid B. I have them at B, too. If you have Justin Jefferson and Hawkins, and you take them out of there, they're a D minus. I mean, it's not a good unit. No, no. no. So they have to, I think they have to work on that and get stronger at that position. I think Naylor, we're going to see what he could do next year. There's a lot of room for improvement, but it wasn't terrible, so I gave him a B. I mean, they kept him in a lot of games. The receivers kept the Vikings in a lot of games. So solid B. What about the offensive line? You know, this is tough, Ted. We did this grading thing last year, and I had him at a C. I'm going to bump it up just to a B minus, but there's still a bunch of work to be done up there Yeah, in the trenches. That's where the game is won and lost every week. And we, for some reason, we do not have a gritty, tough offensive line again. No. So we got to get some guys in here. Usually, if you get a couple guys, have a little Conrad Dobler in them, your whole unit will get stronger. Yeah. So... I don't know if I'm more sick about talking to anything else about this offensive line the last six years. I mean, <laughs> if you're going to have Kirk Cousins statue in the pocket, you better have a damn good offensive line. I think there's still work to be done. I mean, we got two really good tackles. I gave him a B minus. I gave him a C. Like you mentioned, the tackles, Darisaw and, and Brian O'Neill, two tremendous players. Garrett Bradbury had a very good year, I thought, but Ed Ingram and, and Ezra Cleveland were still kind of weak on the inside in terms of pressures given up. I think they were like one and two or both were top five in, in pressures given up at the NFL. Look, it's better than it's been. I think the Vikings are finally on the right track to addressing the offensive line. I think they've got some solid, solid players there and guys that will grow into the position like Ed Ingram. But, yeah, it still came out to a C for me. On the defensive line, not very good. I gave him a D. I gave him a C-. minus. The Vikings' run defense was terrible. The tackling, you know, starts at the defensive line, and they weren't really all that great. Harrison Phillips, individually, I liked. Dalvin Tomlinson, individually, I liked. But I, collectively, as a group, they just weren't great. They just were not – they weren't They weren't that good. D. I give him a C-. minus. I'm going to throw this out there, even though it's painful to say. Look at the difference of Dexter Lawrence and what we got. Yeah. That's what you need in the middle of your D-line, Ted. That's what you need in the interior trenches of your defensive line. You need an ass kicker that's trying to get moved out of the way. And I think they should address that very early in the draft, maybe even first round. They need an all-star up there in the middle. They need somebody to just make a difference. So, yeah, C-. minus. What about linebackers? Oh, this was tough. I think there's going to be a big changeover at that position. I do, too. But if we're judging it on this season, I will give the linebacker. And I like the linebackers. I had to give them just a C. Exactly what I gave them, too. I thought Zadarius Smith and Daniel Hunter 
played very well at times. Eric Kendricks had a few moments. Jordan Hicks had a couple moments. But overall, the interior backers were just not good. They, they just weren't. But, you know, early on, Zadarius Smith and Daniil Hunter were bringing a lot of pressure to the quarterback, and that was pretty good. Encouraging. Whether those guys are back next year remains to be seen. But, yeah, I, I gave him a C as well. The secondary. F. Duke Shelley aside, Patrick Peterson aside, uh, this unit was terrible. I mean, just terrible F. I gave him an F. I gave him an F, too. And I think the Duke Shelley pretty much saved from getting graded even lower. <laughs> Is there anything lower than an F, Ted? <laughs> no. I shouldn't be asking you. You were a straight-A student, weren't you? I was not. I was average. I mean, like, I got good grades to stay eligible in high school so I could play football. Right. Uh, after that, I, I didn't care. I had enough credits to graduate, so I just didn't What about care. me? What kind of grade point thing do you think I had? Just say it, Ted. Don't hold back. 1.8. Is that good? Like right around C. Right right around C student. Okay, I'll take that. <laughs> you were a shop guy, weren't you? Shop and study hall guy, weren't you? Uh, I took shop, automotive, wood shop, <laughs> metal shop. I love shop, dude. Where's Bunny? Yeah, he's over at the Votech campus this week. Oh, okay. Whoever learned anything about shop. Do you know without algebra, there'd be no engineering? Well, did you know without lights, there'd be no lamps? <laughs> without lamps, there'd be no light? Uh, that unit's going to need a complete overhaul, just like, well, hell, every, everybody on defense is going to need a complete overhaul. I gave him an F, but the good thing is, Seen, Booth, Evans, hopefully, we'll have a big pool of guys, plus maybe a draft pick or two, that we can get the new group. Round it up, and you know what? Remember in 81 when the Niners hit the spot with Eric Wright and yeah. Lott and everybody? They made a big difference. Maybe we can get a really good core started early and get onto something special. You know, we got guys coming back to at least fight for position. Yeah, that's true. Duke Shelley better be back. He's one of my favorites. Yeah, he, he really was a pleasant surprise. What about Sullivan? <sighs> <laughs> I'd almost take John Sullivan in the secondary over Shannon Sullivan. Whatever. Red zone. What do you got for the red zone? I'm going to have to go see on that. You know, I thought they were pretty good offense. They sucked on defense. That's how I feel. They could have been better on offense. They could have been, yeah. Uh, they started out the year being really strong, red zone play calling and everything, and then it kind of tailed off. But defensively, we've said it all season, the dam's going to break one of these games. and I got C on that. Yeah, me too. What about special teams, Amigo? You know, I'm going to go a B-plus on special teams. Okay. Because I think for the majority of the season, Matt Daniels put together a very solid special teams, kicking off and on. But the punting, it was amazing all year. Yeah. Inside the 20, all those punts he made. And the dude's built like me. Ryan Wright looks like me. He's like a <laughs> Pillsbury Doughboy. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. It'd be nice to have a punt returner next year. Yeah. But uh, I'm giving him a B plus. I gave him a B. I liked Ryan Wright. Greg Joseph was... Kind of streaky at times, but, like, he made some kicks when he had to. He didn't cost the Vikings a game this year like he did in Arizona. But I agree with you. Punt returning was, was nothing spectacular. I think Kane Wangwu could be a good kick returner. He showed a couple flashes, just needs some more consistency. So, yeah. Give that guy some carries, too. Man. Yeah, I, I, th I, think we will. I think we'll see him in the backfield next year. Coaching. So, first-year coaching staff. I'm giving Kevin O'Connell an A. I mean, the way, you know, we talked about it all season, how he was able to – just completely reverse the culture of this franchise and get rid of that cloud of doom that you so eloquently put as what was surrounding the Vikings, this, this doom and this malaise and guy just got rid of all that. But I give an F to Ed Donatel and defensive coordinators. I like the special teams coordinator, Mitch Daniels. I like O'Connell. 
I like the offensive coordinator, whose name escapes you right now. Wes Phillips. Thank you, Wes Phillips. Not to be confused with Wilson Phillips, Dad. No, not at all. Not at all. Hold on for one more day. Uh, and, then, <laughs> and and I love receivers coach Keenan McCardell. I think part of the reason Justin Jefferson absolutely blossomed this year is because of Keenan McCardell. So overall, I'm going to give them a B minus, and most of that drop in the grade is because of Donatel. Everything you just said is how I agree with it. I had him at an A minus, but when you get, when you factor in Donatel, that dropped it a whole grade for me to a B minus. Yeah, yeah. Just that one guy, you know, without him, without that factoring in, I don't think he did a very good job as a coordinator, and he doesn't deserve to have a job next year with the Vikings. But yeah, Kevin O'Connell did everything you said, change it around. The only work on a little bit of clock management, Ted, and also get a little bit more aggressive. But this is his first year seeing the players and seeing what they can do and seeing what kind of routes Hawkinson could run and see what Osborne can do and see what Cook can do. You're looking at all these new players because you're a first-year head coach. Mm -hmm. He's going into next year with a lot better feel of what each guy can do. Yeah. Him personally, A minus, factor in Donatel, B minus. Yeah. And then finally, intangibles. I like the direction this franchise is headed. I do. No, they didn't win the Super Bowl. I asked myself this question about the Vikings at the end of each season. Are the Vikings getting closer to going to the Super Bowl or farther away from going to the Super Bowl? And if you're not getting closer, then, man, you're just spinning your wheels. In the last two or three years of the Zimmer era, the Vikings are just spinning their wheels. This year, I think the Vikings made considerable effort and change of direction to get towards that Super Bowl. They got to the playoffs this year. They won the division. They won 13 games. They've got a lot of challenges coming up in this offseason in terms of roster and personnel and who's staying and salary cap and not a lot of draft picks. And I am glad that it's Quasi Adolfo Mesa running this and not Rick Spielman because it's Rick Spielman that got the Vikings to this point right now. And it wouldn't be getting any better. So it may be a temporary dip next year. They may not win as many games as they won this year. But I think in the long run, this franchise is better off. So solid B+. Red Glover. Shred, like Eddie Van Halen. Really can't add anything to that, except for the Vikings got to stop the finesse play and become tougher. You know, improve your fundamentals. You got to tackle better, you know, all that stuff. But I think O'Connell got the locker room back together. Kirk with the chains on the plane and all that. People make fun of it or whatever. That's that's important for teammates to do stuff like that. So I think he accomplished a lot with that. And I'm really looking forward to see what he could do his second year. But it's all about that defense, Ted. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Niners lost their starting quarterback, and they've won, what, seven in a row with Purdy? Yeah. The Vikings wouldn't be able to do that with Mullins. If the Vikings could just play an active defense, they'd win these games. They would. They wouldn't beat the Giants if they played any kind of defense. Hope they concentrate on that next year. Another thing O'Connell learned this year. Intangibles? I'm giving my intangibles to the Vikings because Don Glover would want me to give my intangibles <laughs> to the Vikings. He would say, Drew? You're never going to be Chuck Foreman. <laughs> That's what he would say. Yeah, he would be. All right. So that is our season in review. We can move back to the, the center of our screens, I believe. All right. So that'll do it for our, our season review. Let us know what you think. Agree, disagree. Give us a comment down below. Let us know how you're feeling about the team and how everything went. Make sure you like and subscribe. Hit the bell so you get notifications when these two stupid idiots come back on air. <laughs> oh, the season's over, but we're not over, Ted. we got a lot of good shows coming up. It's not over, but no trivia tonight, sadly, but we'll be back with trivia in the very near future. So that'll pretty much put a bow on the Alan Page episode, episode 88. Thanks so much for watching. Thanks so much for listening. 
Thanks so much for subscribing and commenting and interacting. Make sure to check out our website, flagshipreport.com. Make sure you go over to Purple Pain Forums and, and sign up and get an account there and, and join in the, in the conversation over there as well. Ruby, thanks so much for everything you do for producing this show and making it happen. Drew, thanks for, for you being the smartest football guy I know, both in terms of draft picks and football knowledge and everything else. We'll try to do better the next time. Buddy, take us home. 1.8 GPA in high school, but damn near 4.0 in football, huh? <laughs> meow, meow. Thank you, Ted. For These shows are so much fun. I love doing them. And I love giving shouts out to all the people who watch. Uh, GMAC, Reggie Adams Jr. I mean, I could go on and on and on. Raymond Hoagland. You guys are all awesome. Hey, one, one thing. Thank you for running these contests. Folks, you don't know what an effort Drew puts in and writing names down and keeping track of who's won what each week. It's an arduous deal, and I, I wouldn't do it. I don't have the patience for it, but Drew runs these contests, and Ruby runs these contests, and they get the prizes. They get new stuff for you guys to compete for. I can't thank you guys enough for doing that, so thank Appreciate you. Appreciate that, Ted Glover. We will see you next week. We thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us for another show. We're on episode 88 tonight, which means next week is episode what, Ted? Uh, Matthew Hatchett episode 89. Matt Hatchett! That's right. We'll see you. Ted, shake and bake. Say goodnight, Ted. <laughs> Good night, sweet baby Jesus. <laughs> we thank you so much for this bountiful harvest of Domino's, KFC, and the always delicious Taco Bell. Also want to thank you for my best friend and teammate, Cal Naughton Jr., who's got my back no matter what. Shake and bake. Dear tiny infant Jesus. Hey, um, you know, sweetie, Jesus did grow up. You don't always have to call him baby. Well, look, I like the Christmas Jesus best, and I'm saying grace. Dear tiny Jesus, in your golden fleece diapers with your tiny little fat balled up fist pawing. He was a man. He had a beard. Look, I like the baby version the best. Do you hear me? I like to picture Jesus in a tuxedo t-shirt because it says, like, I want to be formal, but I'm here to party, too. Because I like to party, so I like my Jesus to party. I like to picture Jesus as a ninja fighting off evil samurai. I like to think of Jesus like with giant eagle's wings yeah. and singing lead vocals for Leonard Skinner with like an angel band. And I'm in the front row, and I'm hammered drunk. Hey, Cal, why don't you just shut up? Yes, ma'am.